Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Tonight, I'm going to preach to you a message that um, was in the wings of my heart. And uh, I have not worked on it or prepared to preach it to you. So those are my favorite. I like those. I thank God we haven't wasted any trees in giving you notes. Amen. Because uh, they wouldn't work. The book of Judges, please. And uh, the book of Judges is rather uh, amazing. Over and over, it says things like there was no king. There was no land, no, there was no law on the land over and over. And uh, scholars believe that the book of Judges is written really after the fact. I never really understood until I uh, just recently, really, that judges were really judges over certain areas, but not over all of Israel. And so it's a, a unique book. The book of there's, there's major judges, minor judges. Judges 20 is a story of a battle. And we're going to take a look at it here in just a moment. Uh, it's a battle that is raging in our nation. It's a battle that's raging in the nations of the world. And we're going to look at it. It's rather gruesome. So uh, I will avoid uh, some of the, the aspects of it that, are, uh, that I think I can allude to and avoid them for the sake of uh, your hearing tonight. If you want to go and read it, you know, the... Love the Bible. The Bible doesn't hold anything back. And um, the Old Testament and the New Testament are both very violent. We live in a time of warfare. How I many New Testament's not violent? Yeah, it is. Crucifixion is very violent. And uh, Ananias and Sapphira, who lied to the Holy Spirit, that's the New Testament. They dropped dead. The youth ministry buried them. Um, I think I first heard uh, this particular text preached uh, sitting next to my wife. I was in shock when I heard it. I had not read it. Uh, in 1998 was when I first heard this text preached. And um, it is a very intense word. So, are you ready? So, I want to talk to you about overcoming sexual addiction. Woo! Why don't you give them praise? Hey, 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 you're like, lock the door, somebody. Don't, if you get up and leave now, we'll all know. No, I'm... All right, let's, let's, look at, uh, let's look at Judges chapter 20. And I think I'm going to take it from um, verse... 17. Let's go ahead and read from the New International 1984. No, it's not the 1984. Pardon me. If I need to correct it, I will. Judges chapter 20, verse 17. You can all stand up on your feet if you're able to. Let's read the New International Version. This is, uh, this is after the fact. So uh, let, me, let me tell you what they're going to war about. There's a man who, for, without getting into the details, wife, was taken from him and raped, and then she died. And it is one of the most gruesome stories in the Bible. 
And the book of Judges uh, spares no, no de- doesn't hold back any details. And so this is after the fact where Israel is now saying, okay, you're gonna de- we're going to deal with this problem. And you'll see that, they, that the, those who were harboring the fugitives wouldn't deal with it. They wouldn't confront the problem and the incredible war and loss of life that took place. Overcoming sexual addiction, Judges 20 from verse 17. Israel, apart from Benjamin, mustered 400,000 swordsmen, all of them fit for battle. Israel, the Israelites went up to Bethel and inquired of God. What does that mean? That means they prayed. They said, who of us is first to go up and fight against some Benjamites? So the Benjamites had harbored these perverts and murderers had harbored, harbored them. They're not giving them up. They're like, okay, who did it? So just give them over. It's time for justice because this was not right. And they said, no, we're, we're, we ain't doing that. They're, they're, they're part of our family, so you can't have them. The Lord replied, <laughs> the Lord replied, Judah shall go first. Everybody say Judah shall go first. The next morning, the Israelites got up and pitched camp near Gibeah. Verse 20, the Israelites went out to fight. The Benjamites took up battle positions against them in Gibeah. The Benjamites came out of Gibeah and cut down 22,000 Israelites on the battlefield that day. Look at verse 21. 22,000 of the good guys got killed by the perverts, if we could just say it that way. Verse 22. But the Israelites encouraged one another and again took up their positions where they had stationed themselves on the first day. Verse 23, the Israelites went up and wept before the Lord until evening. They inquired of the Lord. They said, shall we go up again and fight against the Benjamites, our fellow Israelites? Because they're kind of in shock, like we didn't win and and this is still happening. Like, what's the deal? You told us to go and we lost thousands of men. Well, what's the Lord say now? The Lord says, go up against him. Everybody say, go up against him. Verse 24. And the Israelites drew near Benjamin on the second day. This time when the Benjamins came out from Gibeah to oppose them, they cut down another eight. What? What? The bad guys cut down how many? 18,000. My God, with swords. Verse 26. Then all the Israelites and whole army went to Bethel. And there they sat weeping before the Lord. I bet. They fasted now. They fasted that day until evening and presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. And the Israelites inquired of the Lord. They did what? They inquired. This is the third time they have a prayer meeting to push back and to deal with the evil that's in their nation. Third time. And the Israelites inquired of the Lord in those days, the Ark of the Covenant of God was there with Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, ministering before it. They asked, shall we go up to fight against the Benjamites, our fellow Israelites, or not? And the Lord responded, go, for tomorrow I will give them into your hands. Then Israel set an ambush around Gibeah that went up against the Benjamites on the third day, took up positions against Gibeah as they had done before. The Benjamites came out to meet them and they were drawn away from the city. They began 
to inflict casualty on the Israelites as before, so that about 30 men fell in the open field on the roads, the one leading to Bethel and the other to Gibeah. While the Benjamites were saying, we're defeating them as before, the Israelites were saying, let us retreat and draw them away from the city to the roads. And all the men, verse 33 of it, of Israel moved from their places, took up positions at Baal Tamar, and the Israelite ambush charged out in his place on the west of Gibeah. Then 10,000 of Israelites, able young men, made a frontal attack against Gibeah. The fighting was so heavy that the Benjamites did not realize how near, how near disaster was. Verse 35, the Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel on that day. And the Israelites struck down 25,100 Benjamites, all armed with swords. And the Benjamites saw they were beaten. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the word of God, for the Old Testament. It's filled with truth. I pray that you'd give us all living understanding in this very sobering message. Help me somehow find some joy and humor so that people don't get too heavy-hearted about it all. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Gibeah is, is like Sodom. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah. This man passing through has his wife taken, raped, and killed. It's, it's a horrible thing. And when confronted, they don't give up those who were guilty. The tribe of Benjamin defends evil. The tribe of Benjamin defends evil. Why would the tribe of Benjamin defend evil? Everyone knew it. Listen, rape was wrong now. Rape was wrong then. Killing, killing murder is wrong now. It was wrong then. Why wouldn't Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, give up those that did the evil? Ask yourself that question rhetorically, which means don't yell it out or anything. Just think about that for a second. Why would that be? There's something stronger in Benjamin to stand on the side of evil than there was actually to stand on the side of truth in God's word. This is the hour that we live in in our nation, by the way. It's the hour we live in. And it's a costly war. Because so many thousands die. Why is there a war at all? Well, there's, there's no law, first of all. There really is no law. And that's one of the messages of the book of Judges. And you can read, turn, in, turn with me. You can see it in Judges 21. I believe it's verse 25. Turn there, won't you? Judges 21, 25, New King James. Now in those days, there was no king in Israel. And part of the purpose of writing Judges is to tell what it's like without authority. You see, they just would backslide and they would repent and come back to the Lord and God would raise up a deliverer. The deliverer wouldn't disciple anybody and would you know, eventually die and then Israel would go back into sin because there was no king. Over and over, there's no king, there's no law, there's no king, there's no law. So you see, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That sounds like the United States of America in some places. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. We've fallen over into... Um, uh, relativism, and and it's a horrible a horrible thing that's happening. 
And I, I, know, I know those that are afraid of preaching the truth. Because they're afraid they're going to lose their church. They're afraid you, you can't bring a hard message. Don't, you can't, don't bring too hard a message. Well, why not for the love of God? And the reason that we... There you get, what, did that, what did that one preacher say? It's uh, sermonettes. Preacherettes bring sermonettes making Christianettes. Come on, smile at your neighbor and say, I have no idea what he's talking about, but that, that's kind of cute. You know, one of the things that's encouraging about King's Wasilla, and I should say King's Cathedral and Chapels, is uh, this has not been built on some pablum thing. We bring, we bring you by the grace of God, guests that come. That lady brought the heat. That lady, I'm going to tell you something for me. I was so affected on, like I said, it's my second women's conference. I'm allowed to go to women's conferences now, although I don't, I, I identify as a man because I am one. Amen. You should identify with what you are. Come on, somebody say, you know that's right. Say it. You know that's right. All right. I'm a man able to go to the women's conference. And so at the women's conference, I'm there. The power of God. When you guys are preaching, you can have microphones and then you can talk. I was serving. That's what they wanted me to say. I got so touched by the power of God that I, I could not, I couldn't maintain any dignity at all. What does that look like? It's not pretty. And uh, not that I'm trying to hide my, trying to protect my dignity. I will yet become more undignified before the Lord. I don't really care. Mm. A number of years ago, I was taken in a, in a vision to the, the church property. This is why I love not having notes. And I was taking the vision of the church property, and I'm there. And all the leading decision makers across the state are there. Governors there. Mayors are there. Leading people are all there. Our building's not built yet. It was, I was standing by the barn. And I saw this massive tree. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to describe how big. Have you ever seen like a sequoia? You ever seen like a massive tree? So it was massive and it came up out of the ground and the power of God hit me and I'm on my back with all these honored guests and people standing around me and I'm pinned on the ground, weeping and everybody's staring at me. And I'm saying, I say to my heart, Lord, seriously, let me up. This is not cool. I'm even, no, we have a thing about trying to look cool. Oh, just me? Yeah, did you look in the mirror today? You wearing makeup, ladies? Are you? You're like, nope, no makeup Wednesday. I'm just saying that we, you know, iron our clothes. We, we, we want to represent, look good, and pe be people of excellence. Amen. The power of God hit me so strong that it wasn't about me being able to look excellent or my, my cute jacket or anything. Not that I really care all that much. But I'm embarrassed as the power of God's on me and everybody's looking at me. And then the, I just see this tree just growing, just taking off in growth. 
And the Lord showed me that what he wants to do is so profound and so big that it literally provides shade for a whole state. That literally what God wants to do is he wants to spread out the branches of his kingdom out over a nation. If there's a people who are with, we don't need preacherettes and sermonettes and Christianettes. We need meat that transforms our life. And on that, on that Saturday, she preached the meat of God's word. I couldn't hardly, I couldn't hardly stand anymore. All the ladies were jammed up front. The Lord opened my eyes to, to a mantle that was falling upon our church. Another one. And after I was done, I hustled back to the soundboard, which was where I was serving. I could not stay in control unless I was to quench and fight the spirit. And I don't do that. So generally, I try not to. It's a bad idea. I crumbled. I began to shake and I stuffed myself underneath that sound booth. I'll never forget it. It was like some other times where I stuffed myself under a pew or under a seat years ago. Do you remember that? That was weeping for the power of the word was spoken and I had received it and something had been released in my soul and, and miracles were happening in the spirit. These are these testimonies of restoration and different things that you're hearing about. It's so important that you hear words that move you. The meat of the word is that which requires you to change. And it's really, a, it's not a popular thing. Listen, let me just say, we have a lot of pastors that watch our program. Let me say this to you. If you're not bringing the wood right now, if you're not bringing the fire right now, you better just ease into it. Don't just break it all in one, one weekend because you will lose your whole church but it's not necessarily all that bad. No, I'm going to rephrase that. No, really, I love the body of Christ. I've known guys who got touched by the power of God and they just said, well, I'm just going to start preaching hard right away. It takes a little bit to turn a ship and you can, it's, it's good to be gracious and kind. I'm working at it. I'm working on being kind. I'm working on being gracious. My wife helped. Thank you. I would be such a jerk without my wife and the Holy Ghost. But it's very important that you hear messages like this and others because we're in a world that needs to be set free from bondages. And the specific one that I'm going to decapitate tonight is the one bondage to sexual addiction. One of the reasons there's a war here is simply because they excuse, they excuse evil. Truth had been exchanged for rights. I said the truth of what was the righteousness had been exchanged for personal rights. What they thought was right is more than whatever the, everybody else said was right according to God's word. So they said, no, they, they had the right to do that. Did you know that there are some who are endorsing pedophilia as an actual um, orientation? Okay, so that's insane. And, and, and it, it, it's just going to continue to slide if the church doesn't fight. You say, well, there's, that's a hard fight. Yep. Yep. The, the reason there is a fight is because the church was sleeping for so many years. And so they, the people of, the people here of Gibeah excused evil 
to protect their relationships, the relationships they had with their brothers was more important. The relationships they had was, were considered more important than truth. I have found, while it's difficult because you lose relationships many times when you stand for truth, you stand for truth and you, you break rank with your family because you're going to live according to the truth and then you get persecuted for it. That's tough. It is hard. It's heartbreaking. And, I, and I've, I've, I've had it happen. Shoot, might be happening even now. I'll just tell you my position. Am I doing this? Really? <laughs> Lord. Okay. So I got COVID like, I don't know how many times I got COVID. You remember when they had measles? Was it measles parties or something? You'd bring your baby over. Chicken pox, right. No, not measles, chicken pox. Thanks, Pastor Karen. See, you're helping me even again. Praise God. Chicken pox. I remember we had some people come over. Like the, the kids got chicken pox years ago. And, and somebody came over. I'm like, I have a chicken pox party. Woo! And they're like, just make sure those things are pussing. And, you know, like everybody, like, hug each other and do whatever they did. I don't know. I got COVID. It almost killed me. I don't think it's fake. Oh, it's real. The Lord intervened. I had double pneumonia. And I, maybe I should have gone to the hospital, but I was just concerned about that too. That's all I'll say about that. And I know they do the best they can, and, but I just was going to trust in God. And I got help by Dr. Remedios. I'm not against the hospital. I'm not against modern medicine. Thank God for our first. Come on, somebody say amen. Thank God for our first responders. Thank God for modern medicine. And thank God for God. And as I had, was three weeks, three, three and a half weeks in a chair, staring at my wife across the room, as the days just went by and by, and occasionally there'd be, well, more often than not, there'd be soup dropped off and people with their faces pressed up against the glass of my house, weeping and praying. It was one of the most beautiful things that we experienced. And it was, it was difficult. We came through. I got all my stamina back. Amen. And uh, my lungs are totally healed. I don't have any problems. I have no, let me say, well, you need to worry about, I don't need to worry about anything. Because Jesus has got me. If he wants to take me home, he can take me home. But I know for a fact I got something to do, and I just started. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on assignment. Anybody else on assignment? All right, so I, I'm, I'm on assignment. And I ended up getting it again, I think. At least I tested positive, but I felt pretty good. So I don't know, you know. I think I got it twice, but you got it three times. So there... The point is, I have a durable immunity. Okay. Now, because of that and other reasons that I won't discuss, I personally did not want to get immunized. Now, that's my prerogative. Amen. And if you wanted to get it and got it, God bless you. That's great. Just trust God. I'm the friends of mine that went and said, oh, no, Lord told me to get it. They got it. They're traveling around the world. They got immunized. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. The main thing in your life is obey God. Amen. There are certain things that are really clear, like rape. It doesn't matter if you feel like you want to rape somebody or not. That's wrong. Okay. So there's things that are not in those categories, like immunization, perhaps, or some other things that you, you know, you can vote on or whatever. I, I don't know. It's my body. I can do what I want to. It's America, right? 
Okay. Now I have people that don't, that aren't happy. They're not here, not this church. They're, they're connected to me. I want to see them and I can't currently. They're going to change their mind. But I can't because I've not gotten the jab. I've not gotten immunized. And so they're like, no. So now we have no relationships. We have no relationships. Yeah, no, we can talk on the phone, but that's it. Now I'm just going to tell you. Ow. Owie. But at the same time, I have convictions about it. I cannot violate my convictions for anyone. I won't. So what happens then? We have a break. There are certain things where if you're going to do the right thing, I just use that as an example. It's a hurtful one for me. It's going to change in Jesus name. There are times when you want to live for God and if somebody doesn't like it, then they're not going to be your friend. Just let them listen. It's good to let some people go. Some of you are partnered with people who are antichrist in nature. They can't believe you tithe. They can't believe you give. They can't believe you, but Bible, give me a break, seriously. And you're like close friends. I'm going to tell you something. I don't have any close friends that laugh at me because I believe. Oh, that, that, would, that, changes, that changes things. On, on Facebook, I had, a, I had a friend from high school, and uh, we, were, we were close at high school. He found out I was a believer. He cursed me up one side, down the other, ripped me, called me all kinds of names. I was like, wow, peace, out. And maybe I'll revisit it to see if I can get that pornographer saved. Oh, yeah, I said it. They were more concerned, the people of Gibeah were more concerned about their relationships than they were about evil. How about you? How about you? Are, are you more concerned about whether you have likers or you're doing the right thing? Are you more concerned about relationship or you're more concerned about pleasing the Lord? When your ways please the Lord, he makes even your enemies be at peace with you. We're not here for a popularity contest. We're here to serve God with all our heart. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. We're here to serve God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, all our strength. And if they don't, if somebody doesn't like it, there's the door. Don't let it hit you. We're the good Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Give them praise in the house of God. Man, I feel like I can swing out over hell on a corn stalk and spit in the devil's eye tonight. Jason. We excuse others' sins many times because of our own sin. I've seen that. We can excuse other people's sins because of our own. Just repent. Somebody bump your neighbor and say, let's repent. So there's a war for truth being fought today. And uh, I, for one, have signed up long ago. If you've given your heart to Jesus, you're a part of the army of God. And I'm enlisting you to take it to the next level. To fight. Why, 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 didn't, why didn't God's, the army of God, win over Gibeah right away? You want to know Why? Because when there's an endorsement of evil, it gets entrenched. So there has to be, it's really an act of spiritual violence. Now, this is an actual war that took place, but it's an act of spiritual violence. It breaks people free. 
So let me just give you tonight God's word for those who are at war concerning the bondage of sexual addiction, because that's what this was, sexual addiction, violence, and perversion. There are many that are bound. It used to just be men that would come to say that I'm, I'm struggling with, I'm having difficulty with, I'm, but it's not just men anymore. Now it's women also. And in actual fact, it's also kids. And I, I want to tell you that if you give your child a phone and you don't, you don't um, help to steward that, you say, well, I'm never giving my kid a phone and they can't have it. What are you going to do? Are they going to like use a chisel and a hammer to you know, go back to the Flintstones? You need to learn how to handle things. You need to learn how to live in the world, but not of it. And we have a whole, we have a whole gaming, a whole gaming uh, life group. They're gamers. I know I didn't join it either, but there are people that are on there. It's just amazing. It's amazing. They're into gaming. And I have this Discord server, which I'm not sure what the Discord thing is. I'm all into Accord. But they have these servers and people can, and they can talk to each other. And, they, and it's bringing the gospel into Minecraft and stuff. You know what Minecraft is? Raise your hand if you know what Minecraft is. All right. Raise your hand if you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Okay, don't worry about it. It's all right. So if your child, listen, you need to learn to manage these things. You, you can have a mirroring of your kid's phone. You, you should know what's, what's on the phone. You should know all of their friends. I, I told you before, I picked my kid's friends and some I unpicked. Are you serious right now? You pick, yeah, my kids were never molested. It just never happened. They're old enough now to stand for their own rights. Amen. But kids, you know, they can barely be manipulated and things happen. You say, well, you're the, you're the pastor. All the more, you think the devil's after, the devil was after my kids. Might still be after them. I bind them now in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood over my family right now. There's warfare. If you don't learn to pray for your kids, you don't learn to stand for righteousness, and you don't learn to teach your kids to follow the Lord and put within them a warehouse of the word of God, you actually think they're going to serve God because, like, you came here? I mean, come here by all means. But disciple your kids. Those who your children bond with will be discipling them. So let me ask you, who has bonded with your children? And if it's the school teacher that they're with for six hours a day, you know, I hope that's a holy school teacher. And if your kids are going to public school, I'm, I'm not against that. Then there again, you should have a word from the Lord. We're going to open a high school. We're going to do it. I'm just, just picking our shot and planning. I thought we'd try to do it by the fall, but it looks like that's not happening. But, you know, I wanted everything that we're in right now. 15 years ago. So we just fight for it with everything that we got. Why? We need a school. Why? Because there should be a Holy Ghost spirit filled school just, just for our kids that are a part of the church. Never mind the whole community as well. So your kids go to school. I'm going to stop. I'm just throwing this out. It's not on my nose because I really don't have any. When your kids come back, you should break bondage off them. You should process what you learned today. How was things today in school? Did anything happen? You know, anything you want to talk about? You should teach your kids about, about their body and who shouldn't touch their body. Like nobody should touch their body. You should tell them about private areas. 
Yeah, you got it. Well, that's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. But what's the option? Someone else teaching them about some... I, I can't even... I don't even want to say it. We need to speak... Man, I'm preaching good tonight. Preaching good tonight. Not feeling the love all up in here. We need to stand for the truth of God's word, not some humanistic idea of what's right, not someone's opinion of what's right. We need to speak the truth of God's word to our kids. They need to know it. And they need to know what's right. And we need to fight for it because the truth is being flushed out of our culture. Bondage is strong, so don't take it lightly. Truth's being fought for today. Bondage can be overcome. Come on, somebody say bondage can be overcome. Ready, set, go. Bondage can be overcome. Yes, it can. How do you know? You're here. Hey, come on. Doesn't matter what bondage you find yourself in. You could be so filled with greed. God can set you free. You can be so filled with lust. God can set you free. You can be addicted to drugs, alcohol, relationship. Some of you have, some of you are addicted to relationship. You're just going to stay in that relationship. You're just going to stay in that relationship. That boyfriend, he don't love God at all, but he looks good. Girlfriend, he don't love God at all, but she looks good. You know what we found? Beauty is skin deep. Ugly goes straight to the bone. You can get set free from bondage. Demon spirits keep people in bondage. Pornography is a demon spirit. Lust is a demon spirit. Perversion is a demon spirit. What do you do? Get set free. When? You get set free tonight. You get set. You, listen, answer these altar calls. We don't just do these because we like, you know, we want to mess up your hair. We try not to do that. Why do we have altar calls? So that, so that you can get healed, so that you can get free, so that you can get a word from the Lord, so that you can get touched by the Spirit of God. One touch from the Spirit of God will set you free from every bondage. Come on, every yoke. You can have a breakthrough tonight. Come on, somebody say, I can have a breakthrough. I can have a breakthrough. You can. Or you can stay bondage in bondage, in sickness, infirmity, and disease, and perversion. Poverty. All right, let me just give you uh, let me give you a few points here, right, right from the text and from scriptural truth. If you want to get saved free from now, write it down. All right, write these things down. Teach it to somebody else. Put it on Facebook. Put it on your Instagram. Sin must be exposed. I want you to say that. Sin must. And that's what this man did with his wife. When she was raped, he didn't just ride off and say, well, Lord, forgive him. He said, oh, no, we're telling everybody, everybody in the nation is going to hear about that. And the way that he did it is so gruesome, it's horrible. And the whole nation heard about this sin in Gibeah. He exposed it. Evil operates in darkness. That's why in, the, in my family, we have a little saying that Brackens have no secrets. And what I mean by that, it's not secrets, confidentiality from counseling. Of course, we have those. I'm saying personally, there's, there is nothing that I, I've hidden from my wife. 
nothing. I have nothing hiding from you. That's good. You're not hiding anything? I'm so glad. Praise God. And that, that's how we roll. That's how we roll. Listen, I serve God. I was talking to somebody. Um, I was talking to somebody recently, and I, I talked about a thank you so much. I talked about a season in my life when I was so on fire. I mean, like on fire, on fire, winning souls left and right, writing poetry to the Lord, wrote a letter, to, you know, this letter about how I was done with smooth knees and apathy. And I witnessed to my father and I sent it off to him. And I mean, like on fire, bringing, I would, my car was filled with people when I would come to church. I'd pick up two or three. I'd pick up homeless people, feed them, help them, bring them to church, get them saved. I mean, and that's just that's just what we did. That's how we did it. We just were just man. Let's just reach everybody. And this is actually before I met Pastor Karen. Then at from that height of I'm talking fire on fire, and from that I backslid all the way to total insanity. So I'm telling you, I am telling you from experience, not just from biblical truth. And I wound up in a very dark place, but for the grace of God and my beautiful mother that prayed me out. If it wasn't for my mother that held on to hope and the word of God and the prophetic promise over me, I wouldn't be here. I would be dead. Thanks. I owe you a debt of love. I will finish the race. Amen. Jesus did it. That's right. Through you. It's all God. It's all God. No, it isn't. Because you could have said no to the 40-day fast. You could have said no to the 21-day fast. You could have said no. You said yes. And because you did, I'm here fulfilling purpose. None of you will make it on your own. No one makes it on the... Come on, give it up for godly mamas and godly fathers. So just because you're on fire right now, what makes you think you're going to finish? Getting a little personal. I just started. It's only 8.35. We're going to midnight tonight. <laughs> Sin must be exposed. So well, what made you backslide? I'm glad you asked. I've told the story before. I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but I had in my heart a word from the Lord and my understanding of how that was going to be fulfilled. So when my understanding of how it was going to be fulfilled did not happen, then I was done with him. And when, it did, when he didn't come through the way that I thought he should, then I made a decision based on that, that he must not love me. And so I hate you. And I rejected him for seven months of pure insanity, literally. God rescued me. And I stand here to tell you, just because you're on fire right now, that little thing that you're nursing your little precious thing that you're holding on to in the dark. I'm preaching better than your amen. It sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church. That offense, you know, when you got offended, didn't even call on me to pray. I ain't calling on you either till you get rid of that ugly attitude of yours. Well, I just said it in my heart. We can see it. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Oh, Lord, help me. Yeah, you think you can't see your stinking attitude, but I'm going to tell you what, you smell like a cesspool. People can smell you, spiritually speaking. I'm not talking about you. Maybe some online. 
You got to get rid of your preconceived ideas of how God's going to do the thing that he's going to do in your calling and your purpose and serve. Serve, serve, serve. Trust God's leadership. Trust him to raise you up. Trust him to set you free. Live unoffended in your heart. They didn't know that. Yeah, that's right. It's a test. It's a test. This is a test. But you have to expose sin. Number two, you have to have a commitment to fight. Don't succumb. I got myself in trouble. Did I talk about it yet? I got myself in trouble at the pastor's, uh, the, um, not the pastor's prayer network. That was another time. I got, I, got, I, got, I got myself in trouble at the governor's prayer breakfast mayor. Oh, I, I did. So I'll tell you what happened. I repented. Don't worry. But it was this prayer meeting. There's hundreds of people there. And uh, it's supposed to be a prayer meeting. So at least that's what I understood for the instructions I was given. I could potentially be wrong. But that's how I understood it. So that means when it's my turn to pray or when a pastor is supposed to pray, he gets up and he prays. Not preach. Not teach. Pray. Okay. So I've been in so... I, need, I think I need healing. Why don't you reach your hands towards me? Lord, heal me. And the bitterness of prayer meetings that are talk meetings that don't pray. Lord, forgive me. Help me, God, to be gracious in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, I'm just, I, I'm a zealot. I'm a nut for like, you know, and I, I get myself in trouble. So anyway, it's time for the first guy to start. So he starts talking and there's some intro. I have to take care of some business, so I take care of some business real quick. You come back, that means go to the bathroom. Went to the bathroom, came back. Went to the women's room by accident, got busted. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm like, quick, they're permitting. I just take a right into the women's room, and it's this lady. I'm like, ah! She's all, uh-huh. And I'm like, I ran out. Just so glad CNN wasn't there or anything. Pastor, pastor in public women's bathroom. Jesus, help me out. So I quick figure out where the men's room is. Go, come out. I'm done with the men's room. And I run in. So it's three minutes or whatever. I come back and the guy's still talking. And so to me, it's just like, I was just really geared up to pray. And all these people are there to pray. I mean, more than are here. And so I got there and I look at him like, dude, let's pray. And I was too loud. It's too loud. It was two or three rows back. They heard me. And the gracious brother said, Yeah. And he kept preaching for a little while longer, and then we prayed. And he did a great job, and I had to repent, and I repented to everybody. And... <sighs> if I embarrass you as your pastor, I'm so sorry. The odds are something like that's probably going to happen again, all right? And the reason is, the reason, I'm not going to excuse that. I'm going to become more mature. God's helping me. And it's probably because you're not praying for me enough. That's probably why. But you must listen to me. I'm going to be serious. The jokes are now done. Here's the serious point. If you don't have grit, if you don't have fight, you will never push this thing off your front porch and we won't turn our nation around. I don't know about you, but I ain't going to roll over and let them teach your kids a bunch of hogwash and perversion in the public schools. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop preaching. You don't like it? That's between you and God. We need to be gracious and we need to speak the truth in love. It's just sometimes I get very irritated. 
Christianity. You know what I mean by that? A, 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 a pablum Christianity. It's preacher, preacherettes, sermonettes, Christianettes. I'm not responsible for everybody else. I'm going to pray. Jesus, help me. Let me say this as I backpedal and try to get back to saying something else. If I've offended you because of my zeal and my, my passion, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, I am. I try to be gracious, and I'm going to continue. And I'm going to improve, and I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more gracious. But he made me, he made me to fight. I'm, I'm, I'm made to fight. Anybody else made to fight? I didn't, I didn't come for the robe. I didn't come for the ring. I came for the fight because we're going to take this nation back. And if you think it's just going to happen by us folding our hands and hoping somebody else votes or hoping somebody else runs, you think that somebody else is going to do it, think again. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place at 842. Hallelujah. Have a commitment to fight. Say, I make a commitment to fight. Say it. I make a fight against perversion. Fight a fight against it. Fight against, fight against everything that's not of God. Pray against it. Bind. Loose. Take authority. You live right. You know how revival starts? You get set on fire. You set your family on fire. And your family touches the neighbors. And they get set on fire. And one by one by one, we take our nation back. You say, is that, is that even possible? Well, that's how it happened in reverse. So yes. Yes, it is. It is possible. Have a commitment to fight. I love how, moving on now, they sent Judah out. They sent the tribe of Judah. Who should go first? Judah. Judah means praise. Can I have keys, please? Judah means praise. What are you talking about? There is warfare. Uh, Psalm 145 talks about the high praises of God in their mouth and a double-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance and judgment on the kings to bind them with fetters of iron. Psalm 145 towards the bottom. High praises. Worship, Judah. Worship. Worship breaks demonic strongholds. Worship does something. Worship is probably, for me, one of my favorite weapons. There are many, but it's one of my favorite weapons. I know that when I lift my voice and I worship God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and all my strength, that God's going to break in. It was my first weekend on the island of Molokai. Preached. Pastor Karen was still on Maui. We were just taking over the, the role of pastor there. The uh, Pastor Michael Zarl was the pastor before us, and I think he was on a trip or something. He was still living in the community, but he hadn't, he hadn't moved out just yet. He was still there. But I don't think he was there that weekend. So I preached. We had a great service and we drove up to Dr. Uh, Richard Langer's house. He's gone on to be with the Lord. And his beautiful home up in the, in the high part of the island of Molokai, much cooler, beautiful. What's the name of that area? Anyway, Kokei? No. Anyway, it's up there. It's nice. Some Hawaiian name. And as we, we go back to the house, he gets a call on his cell phone, one of those flip phones, you know, they didn't have the cute ones we have now, but they were a lot less expensive. So he, he opens it up and says, oh, hi. Oh, oh, no. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, no. Hold on. The pastor's right here. Yeah, we have a new pastor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hold on a second. And he, and he holds the phone and says, we have a situation. I'm like, all right, what do we got? 
He's like, yeah. So right around the corner from here, just down and around, there's this man and they've been coming to our church with his wife. She doesn't know what happened to her. She, she's making all kinds of animal sounds and other voices are coming out of her. And, he, and he, she's locked herself in a stall in the barn. And she's, it's very violent and he's terrified. And he says, there's evil all over the property. He says, we need to go and help her, Pastor. I said, yeah, not yet. No. So God's honest truth. Now, what you don't know about Molokai was one of the most demon islands in the Hawaiian island chains where they trained all their kahunas. And it's just wicked spirit of death and all kinds of craziness all over that place. And I heard all the stories. So I was just like, I don't want to go there. Right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But... I know that leaders lead. So even though I'm crippled nearly with fear, I know I have to lead. Otherwise, we can just might as well just resign, have another pastor, because if you're not willing to fight in a community for righteousness, just leave. Let somebody else take your place. Is that okay? A little aggressive? So that was nap time. I was going to preach at night. Some of you heard the story before. I was going to preach. Oh, you were there. You were on the island. You were in high school back in the day, right? So I said, no, no, not yet. I need to, I need to pray. I thought that was spiritual and a good answer. It was also a true answer. I need to pray and I, I'm going to lie down and pray. He says, we're going to pray and uh, we'll call you later. We're going to pray first. The hang up. I said, okay. So I went, I lied down and it was one of those emergency tongues, prayer snap. Anybody know what those are like? Ooh, Jesus. You know, you're just kind of rolling back and forth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're praying. Oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. So, you know, an hour goes by and like, that's enough. So I feel like, get up. I gotta do, I gotta go. I gotta go. I just felt like leadership obligation. I didn't feel any fire fell from heaven and now it's time to be the deliverer. No, I didn't feel any of that. I feel like oh, I have to go because I'm the pastor. Just being honest. We showed up down there. We roll in to this property and the temperature changes by easy 10 degrees. 10 degrees drops cold. We can smell something from the moment we roll onto the property. And what I, what was the smell? It was the devil. It was evil is what it was. And I don't know how to describe that, but you don't ever want to smell it. And I know that, I know that's what that was. Cause that, I just know. We rolled onto the property. We get out of the car. We're going towards the house. The husband opens the door and says, in there, in there. And then shuts the door. He didn't even come to say hi. There's no, aloha. how's it going guys? How's it? Yeah, no, we need some prayer. No, it was like emergency, point to the barn, slam the door. There's no iced tea, no sweet tea, no biscuits, nothing. Point to the barn, we're like, look at the barn. And you're like, look at the barn, it's like a horror movie. It's just kind of like, I'm like, ah. We go to the barn, the closer we get, the more fear comes on us. We walk in the barn. I'm nearly crippled with fear, but I have a leader next to me and I'm gonna be the man. I'm gonna lead. I'm, I'm the pastor. I'm, I'm the one that's been appointed to, to help this precious lady who, by the way, was a prostitute. I go into the barn and we find where the stall was. That wasn't hard because it's shrouded like an evil and animal sounds are coming out of the barn. This, this stall. And it seems like things are shaking. And so I, I, I stood there 
Dr. Langer's like, it's all right, hallelujah. Open the door, it's Pastor Daniel. And I step back, sounds keep going, nothing stops, it's terrifying. I thought, well, that, 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 that didn't work, it was locked, can't get in. So I don't know, I just mustered up something else and said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, open the door, it's Pastor Daniel. The sound stops, and a moment later, the door opens. And there's this precious lady, with her eyes rolled in the back of her head, totally demonized. She falls back and falls into the middle of that stall, cross-legged, hopping up and down off the ground, chattering, making all kinds of animal sounds. And can I tell you something? Scared would not be what I felt. Totally terrified. Run and scream like a little girl. I wanted out of there so bad. I did not know what to do. Fear is all over us. I don't know what's going on. So I'm praying in emergency tongues. I can do that. Amen. Dr. Langer's standing here, and I'm like, and he finally bumps me. I don't know how long we're there because I'm freaked out. And he says, what are we going to do? I'm like, um, um, uh, um, we're going to worship. He's like, okay. His hands went up like Barney, like that. So we both lift our hands, and he says, okay, what do we sing? He was on the worship team. He couldn't sing at all. He had the most horrible voice, but boy, what a worshiper. From his heart, he was a worshiper. So he sat there. He's like, what do we sing? I'm like, um, 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 amazing grace. He's like, okay. I'm like, all right. Amazing grace. This is exactly how it came. Amazing grace. Sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. No, we could not find that thing. I know hundreds. Back then I knew hundreds of worship songs. I know hundreds of worship songs. I sing all the time. I can't think of one. Amazing grace. And I can't find the melody. I can't find the tune. So we sing it like broken. I'm sure we were torturing the devil. <laughs> Maybe that's what was happening. I never thought about that before. It's like, ah, shut up. So we kept singing. I think about the third time through an atonal version of Amazing Grace. We found it. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once but now I was, but now Well, when we caught the tune, started singing it the way it was meant to be sung, nothing really happened. We sang it two times, three times. It's either between the third and the fourth time. This is my memory of what happened. And I say it that way to illustrate what happens when the fire of the Holy Ghost comes on you, you'll become another man, another woman, and he will supernaturally empower you to do what needs to be done, even if you don't have the cognizant uh, awareness of what needs to happen. You don't have to have an idea. You just need to be filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost and let him lead you. So the rest of it, I tell the story from someone who was there being used by the Lord 
like a hand in a glove, like he put me on. And when he, when he came off of us, we were driving out of that property and she was healed, saved, baptized in the spirit, praying in tongues. She came off the ground. I mean, it's this incredible story of levitation and crazy, crazy. I've never seen anything like it since. And it was on our first weekend. You know, I'm convinced. You know, when you, you start to take a stand and fight for righteousness, sometimes you'll get just really, it'll try to sucker punch you to get you quit right off the bat. You know what happened on Molokai? Now, that, that precious lady, she got saved. She prayed the sinner's prayer. I won't, I'm not going to highlight the activity of the devil anymore, but she got saved. She got filled with the Spirit. She came to church. She brought other... There were, there were people that did, sold themselves for drugs. And the rest of the story is horrible because the church couldn't receive her. The church couldn't handle it. There are people like, man, you need to get real clothes on. And I mean, we're talking... Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And that she couldn't be in, received and loved on. And so she said, I just felt, I just feel like I'm not welcome there. I feel like, because she was freaking people out. And then other men that had lust problems are like, dang, snap. You know, the ones that were involved in pornography were taking her. Are there kids here? Okay. You can fill in the blank. So she's being preyed on by people in the church. Oh, what's that story? Oh, there's a story in Alaska. There's a story of a lady that used to run all the houses in Anchorage and she got saved. And I'll leave all the names out. And she became a guest speaker and she would go into the churches and would be so upset because she would see people in the churches that used to visit her houses. And she would one service said, why didn't you tell me? How could you come and do that? And people would run out of the church. So we, don't, we don't have that kind of a problem in this church. Well, Amen. But just in case you do have that problem, there's hope. The point of that whole story was that worship, praise, Judah will release the power of God. And, and if you'll just fill your life with worship, you might be bound. You might be addicted. But if you can open up your mouth and begin to sing the glorious praises of the one who saved you, if you can begin to lift your voice and declare the glory of God in the land of the living, if you can just learn one song, just one, sing it till he comes. Sing it till, worship him until he inhabits that place and just fills you and, and darkness flees. Darkness flees. The high praise, the high praises of God, the Tehillah of God, and the double-edged sword. Use the word. And then don't give up. Number four or something, somewhere in there. Persevere. They fought and they lost, seemingly. Lord, seriously? He's like, do it again. They fought and they lost because there was an endorsement. I'm going to tell you, it seems like we lost a lot of battles politically. Seems like we've lost a lot of ground in America. Don't quit for the love of God. Muster your strength from the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Get filled with the Word. Stand for righteousness in your own life and begin to sing, begin to praise Him and continue to speak truth. Continue to declare it. Continue to move forward and we will see our, our, our town turn. We'll see our state turn. We'll see, come on, suicide should never happen ever again from any village in Alaska. This is a cancer-free zone. It's a suicide-free zone. Nobody's going to hell 
where's the people who will preach pray and prophesy where's the one who put your phone down expose your sin expose your addiction and repent and get right with God and learn to lift your where is it my God we need a He said, well, it didn't turn yet. You're not done fighting yet. Pray. You can stand stand on your feet. Seek him. Fast. Pray. That's why we're doing this warfare thing. Most people don't know how to fight. Walk in victory. Come on, somebody say, I'm a walk in victory. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.